our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, a book which we talked about again this morning in our Sunday school class as well. Here we're in the 49th chapter. We'll hear the opening six verses from the, the New English Bible, David, translation. That's the, the authorized version according to Barclay. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Listen to me, you coasts and islands. Pay heed, you peoples far away. From birth, the Lord called me. He named me from my mother's womb. He made my tongue his sharp sword and concealed me under cover of his hand. He made me a polished arrow, hid me out of sight in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, through whom I shall win glory. So I rose to honor in the Lord's sight, and my God became my strength. Once I said I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing to no purpose. Yet in truth, my cause is with the Lord, and my reward is in God's hand. And now the Lord who formed me in the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him that Israel should be gathered to him. Now the Lord calls me again. It is too slight a task for you as my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob, to bring back the descendants of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations to be my salvation to earth's farthest bounds. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the very beginning of Paul's first letter to the Corinthian congregation. We'll hear the opening nine verses. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By Him, you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. It is with these very words that the Apostle Paul and his co-laborer in the gospel by the name of Sosthenes began their correspondence to their brothers and sisters in the Christian community there in Corinth and 
beyond. And I, I thought this passage made for a pretty good place to begin our shared ministry on the shore and beyond at pretty near the start of the year. Next Sunday, as mentioned in our announcements, weather permitting, and last time I took a peek at the seven-day extended forecast, it was projecting temperatures to be above the freezing mark almost the entirety of next weekend. So, weather permitting, we'll conduct our annual congregational meeting immediately following worship then. It is during that time we will review and reflect on a variety of reports that look back on the activities of this church in the previous year, as well as introducing us to a rough framework for structuring our shared labor of ministry in this year just begun. Some words about the future of this holy work then seem decent and in order. Well, after a customary salutation and a passing of the peace to his brothers and sisters in the church of God that is in Corinth, from a distance, Paul starts by offering thanks for them. And that seems to be a, a pretty good tactic still, two millennia on. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, present here at Rehoboth today, or absent in the body but present in the spirit and to any who may be listening in to this message from well beyond the bounds of old Rehoboth I give thanks for each and every one of you you who are part of this mystical holy universal body of Christ the church fellow travelers on this pilgrim's journey I give thanks for you. Such a word of gratitude is one that doesn't seem to get said nearly enough, it seems, so uh, I hope you all hear it loud and clear this morning. I give thanks to God for the witness, the work, and the worship of this community of saints. Having given thanks for the past works that have already been done by them in God, Paul then proceeds to offer some encouragement for the future work and witness of his brothers and sisters over in Corinth. And that, too, seems a pretty good tactic still, two millennia on now. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ here at Rehoboth, and to any who may be listening into this message from well beyond the bounds of old Rehoboth, be encouraged. Take heart, as the words of the 27th Psalm, which we read together responsively just a short time ago, begin, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Indeed, whom shall we fear and of whom? Shall we be afraid? Though rhetorical in nature, the psalmist does come around to offer us a pretty strong clue to answering the question raised when at the conclusion of his hymn, when he writes 
these words. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. The beginning and the ending of the 27th Psalm include identical identifiers. The Lord. That's where everything begins and ends. Being deeply schooled in the words of the Hebrew Scriptures, including those of the psalmist, Paul was able to take such a traditional theological understanding from his people and use it as a basis for encouraging his brothers and sisters at Corinth. And he did so by reminding them that because the Lord God was all in all, they had nothing and no one to fear. Despite the fact that they were all living in the midst of a time and a place that was ripe for fear, those who were foolish enough or audacious enough to identify as Christians found themselves between the proverbial rock and hard place. The Hebrews saw these people as heretics on account of their rejection of the Levitical laws, and the Gentiles saw them as seditious on account of their oath of allegiance, not to Caesar as emperor, but to Jesus as Lord. This set these folks up for scorn and derision and persecution. So yes, there were certainly valid reasons why their level of anxiety might have been high. And yes, I'll admit, there are enough unsettling things taking place in our world here in this second decade of the 21st century that we, too, might be a, a little bit fearful. There are wars and rumors of wars, as we were just reminded about in our moment for mission. There have been economic upheavals and pandemics, natural disasters, violence and duplicity on display from elected and appointed officials and those in positions of authority in the private sector as well. It's all a bit reminiscent to me of that climactic scene in Ghostbusters, uh, the original the unmatched classic edition, of course, not any of those half-baked, money-grubbing sequels, but we near not fear Gozer, or the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, or any other real or imagined nefarious persons, forces, powers, or principalities. Perhaps most importantly for us in our daily Christian walk, we need not even fear the last enemy, death itself, all because as believers in the lordship of Jesus, we have put our faith, our trust, our confidence, and our very lives themselves into the hands of the one who has already overcome all of these adversaries for us. That should be significant and sufficient encouragement that we should go forward as servants of the crucified this new year with both boldness and confidence. And that, I think, is what Paul 
was trying to instill in his audience as he wrote them these words so long ago. He's telling them that they have received from and through God all these good gifts needed to live out the new life to which they have been called and ordained. And the very same thing can be said for all of us as well. Oh, yes, it is true. We may not feel qualified. We may have doubts about our preparation, but it is the enemy that is whispering us those lies. The ones that say that we aren't ready, that we're not good enough, that we're too old or too young or too weak. It is the tempter that sows seeds of doubt and fear in us, all in an effort to keep us from those very tasks to which we have been called and for which we have been more than adequately equipped. I can remember my mother on, well, more than one or two occasions saying to me, young man, you have more excuses than Carter's has liver pills. And truth be told, on more than one occasion, I have felt like repeating that line to our children, but since they would have absolutely no idea what I was saying, I have refrained from doing so. But this is just the angle that old Scratch takes with us, doing whatever is necessary to encourage excuses for our not living into this new identity that we have received as followers of Christ. There's nothing we would rather do than sit on our hands and count the reasons why we can't right now or infinitely procrastinate by wondering, could I? Should I? Well, what if? Anything that he can do to sow confusion, to cause trepidation, and ultimately to cause inaction on our part. In C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, a veteran devil is mentoring a young apprentice on how to woo a man away from God, the God who woos him. In part of his correspondence, the, the devil writes, we want him, man, to be in the maximum uncertainty so that his mind will be filled with contradictory pictures of the future, every one of which arouses hope or fear. There's nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against God. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. Yes, thinking about what will happen to us, about ourselves and our own predicaments, our concerns, our comfort. That's precisely what the foe would have us fixate on. That's precisely at the heart of what God has called out again and again in Scripture as idolatry and warned his people against over and over. When we turn our trust away from the Lord, 
Well, then we're, we're putting it somewhere else, somewhere that was not meant to be placed. As Paul seeks to focus the attention of the Corinthian Christians on the truth of the gospel as the ultimate source of strength for their living it out and sharing it among the Gentiles, he reminds them that this truth is also supplying them strength yesterday, today, and tomorrow to carry on these good works which he says they have already begun. So I too would desire that we today would remember the comforting and powerful words of the prophets, including those of Isaiah. We heard just a few minutes ago, those which claim our identity as children of God. Listen to me, O coastlands, pay attention, you peoples far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. No, the adversary certainly wouldn't want you to remember that God has sent word to his people saying, I will give you as light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. But despite the distractions and the interference created by the great liar, we are called to remember, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. This was Paul's conviction then, and this is ours now. As we travel into and through this next year together in service, may we do so with the assurance that we've been called and sent to do God's bidding, that we have been given the time, the talent, the treasures, and the grace that will be more than sufficient for carrying out our holy mission, that whatever circumstances befall, our help is in the Lord, and what he has established, ordered, and ordained shall surely come to pass. Therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, let nothing stand in our way as we go forth, accepting God's call to old Rehoboth in 2023. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.